0: Hello folks and welcome to uh, somehow episode 7 of Talking Indies um, Credit to all the people who've contributed and helped keep this <laughs> keep this train wreck moving um, This week uh, we have a new person who's contributed, his name's, uh, hopefully I don't mess up the pronunciation of name uh, David Pallardy, or that's what I'm going to go with um, My apologies David if I, I mispronounce your name or butchered it in any way um this week we're uh, got about three different questions and we'll just jump right in. Um the first one is uh which what is one indie game that you want more people to play, something overlooked or less discussed that made an impact on you or you enjoyed so much that you'll forever beat the drum to try to get others to try it. Now this one's tough for me because uh getting anything down to one game tends to be a problem. Um, so what I decided to do was I picked, I picked games from every year that, uh, stand out in some way to me for, you know, more personal reasons. Um, and I also tried to not pick games that I've tended to discuss, uh, more at length before, just to be fair, because everything's about giving, (laughs) you'll find with me, everything's about giving exposure to as many different games as possible and even games that I love I, I don't want to just heap praise on the same things over and over again because it's it's tiresome a and b um it just seems like it's ignoring what the what my entire channel and everything is about which is to keep finding the new new different things to focus on so that uh people see things that you know that that a they haven't heard me talk about and b um stuff that they've may, they may not have ever even considered so i decided to, to, to go that direction and i picked a pretty eclectic and very different uh group of games every year uh the, the genres swing pretty significantly so bear with me um from 2017 the game i chose is uh it's called rocket fist um it's a game that it's probably the game that I would think is the least talked about out of all the games that um, of all the games that I'm talking about um, I don't I don't think I've probably ever seen anybody else mention it. Um, it doesn't help that it came out in the first year of the Switch's lifespan, before it had gotten more popular. I guess even before um, some of the more popular indie games had arrived, um, so that you know, maybe the scene just wasn't developed enough at the time. But, um, but there's something I really, something I really liked about Rocket Fist in terms of its flow. Um, in the original review I wrote, um, I noted that it felt a lot like the original, uh, Bomberman that I'd played on the Super Nintendo with friends. There's just something about the, it, it plays very differently. Um, it's more like uh, dodgeball with fists that, that can get powered up. That you're trying to ricochet off of different walls, and you can get different power ups that make you more powerful uh, in certain ways. But you'll generally throw your fist, um, hoping to hit somebody, and then when t- you you have to you have to go pick it back up, type of thing, uh, or at least most of the time you do um but the thing that was cool about it was aside from the uh multiplayer which was fun and you know as many even even now as many multiplayer games as I've played on switch uh where where my family and I have gotten pretty jaded it still stands out as sort of doing its own thing and having its own ideas um not necessarily terribly complex but it just it got what it was doing right um which sometimes that's all that matters and then the other thing about it that is a standout is its single-player campaign is actually far better than than you could ever probably expect i think the uh, expectation of how a single-player bomberman style goes tends to be really low because of the you know in general the relatively poor quality of what Hudson was putting into their single-player campaigns. I mean, they were playable, and there have been better and worse ones, but they never necessarily stood out as being particularly noteworthy um, or exciting. Um, In many ways, I usually think of, well, Rocket Fist is one, as a game in that general style that got it right in a better way, and then the other one that stands out is... Oh, now my brain is not uh it's not crap bombslinger um that's another one where it has a more roguelike take on the bomberman franchise i think both of those have a better single player campaign than bomberman does so for rocket fist to be distinctive and fun in multiplayer and then to have a single player campaign that i consider memorable i still remember the last uh the last guy you face, Uncle Knuckles. um, It's just, there's just something really fun about that game that, and and, uh, like I said, I think out of all the games that I'm talking about today, I think it's the one that I've heard the least about. So, in particular, that one's worth shining some light on. In 2018, my one that I chose is, it's called Pool Panic. Um, Another that I don't think I really have heard people talk about much, Um, certainly not People giving it props. Um, this one is more of a connection. I mean, the game is still notable, but there's more of a connection because it was um, it was a game that I first got to check out at PAX, um, and I actually had spent some time with the two developers behind it, and it was just their enthusiasm for what they'd built, and um, just the really <laughs> they were they were two guys that were really into what they'd built. And they were really passionate about it. And you could see you could really see it in the game. The game is really an oddball. It's sort of a puzzle game, sort of an adventure, sort of an action game. Um, it's really hard to describe. You'd you almost have to play it to find to to find out, you know, what it's like. But in general you play as a cue ball and you can you're your character is sort of a cue ball, and your goal is to knock the other balls into the pockets that are around in a ver- variety of different ways. But it's just every stage is a little different and a little strange, and the way you have to find success to to get them off of the screen is almost always different. And one of the things that one of the things that uh, amazed me about it was, as a programmer, was that. I was seeing when I played the demo and when I played the final game. You would see mechanics that that were really different. Like it would just the the way it worked, the the way the level worked was so different from the ones the other ones that it was it was one of those things where I think I even asked them at the time. It was like, oh, okay, so on the circus level, you know, there's this mechanic that feels different where you bounce, and then there was a motorcycle level where you were trying to move between motorcycles essentially to knock the guys off and the way those played was very different and it was like you know you would have had to have programmed all these things independently and you then one of the uh, the programmer he was like yeah when we get a great idea you know I had to go in there and we had to make it work and and there was just a lot of love in it and usually when you see you know, there is sort of a there's a sort of a jack of all trades, master of none risk that you run when you start doing that too much. Um, and you see it in games that, you know, overextend, and can't quite keep it all together or keep this consistent quality throughout. And they pulled off a pretty impressive, <laughs> like they, they, they did it. Um, and it's a really quirky, strange, to me, wonderful game. Um, yeah it's one of those that i put near the top of my love on my weird list and i i love games on the weird list like it's really hard for me it was hard for me not to have chosen weird games for every year uh for this list and but i deliberately didn't because again i'm trying to find games that are in every possible direction that are unrecognized and it's all about you know spreading the love to as many games as possible but yeah pool panic If you're open to something a little odd it doesn't go on sale too often but um i i it is a very distinct game that i enjoyed a lot and i i loved the variety and i loved never knowing what to expect for every every level that i went on i didn't know what to expect um and that was really fun uh 2019 sort of a what may be a radical choice because it's a casual game or, it's sort of casual. Um, so there have been a lot of attempts to uh, come at the Picross um, style of game. And, and Picross S8 just just came out and is amazing, the, the addition of multiplayer to it. Uh, really, I had a great time playing it with, sort of, well, with slash against my wife. Because it is sort of cooperative, because you're both trying to solve the same puzzle at the same time but the since it keeps score of who got more spots it gets very competitive very quickly and there and <laughs> she was she was very upset because in general i was quicker at getting to you know if you have a a 15 by 15 puzzle if you get the you know the 15 the 15 lines i would tend to be quicker to get to those and and she was very upset because i was already ahead and it was sort of cheating um but but it makes for a uh, entertaining game, and it was, and it was, when you get to the end and you're both trying to figure out, you know, what's 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 incorrect. You know, it is fun to work cooperatively and try to figure it out. But um, but aside, that, you know, we're not talking about Picross in this case. But a lot of um, games have tried that, tried that uh, formula. So you've got the pixel colors, um, you've got Picapix, um, you've got what's the other one? Uh, Oh, uh, you've got Pictoui that's a Picross style, and I think there's one more that I'm neglecting, um, which makes me feel bad uh, because I I try to, I try not to lose track. But anyway, the one that is different than all of them, um, that did things its own way that I can really respect, it's called uh, Travel Mosaics, Um, and there's actually many of them, um, I think I only reviewed three of them, but there's there's more than that. And they really come from the casual space. I think they pre-existed already on mobile and stuff like that. But the thing I respect about it, and it's different, and I even I even uh, in emails to responding to Jupiter when the new Picross would come out, because um, they had stagnated a little bit before this multiplayer update. They'd gone a couple versions where they hadn't really done much uh different it was more just more great puzzles with their great interface um so it was all clean and worked well but they weren't necessarily innovating so i actually had pointed them to travel mosaics to say you know not to say that you guys should be doing this but here's here's what your competition that you know is trying to do something different than you guys are uh is doing because you know everybody else has colors um the the uh, clip pick cross you know where you unlock a, a larger mosaic kind of thing um, that you you have um, you've unlocked a larger one that, that you, you're doing pieces of so it's harder it's harder to work out the, the clips because they don't tend to be symmetrical they don't you don't they're part of a, a greater design so sometimes they can be more challenging because you really you have no you have nothing to go on to like figure out what it looks like at any point cuz it could just be a piece of something bigger and doesn't necessarily have to make sense. Oh, the other one that was notable that's in that vein but does something different as well um is depiction. Uh that's that one's freaking hard. Um having to layer different colors with picross to make, you know, um to make combined colors that definitely adds a layer of of craziness uh to the mix that that is definitely notable but um anyway with um travel mosaics the thing that i liked about those is a they they skip away from there being a need to have a tutorial well for people new to the the genre that might not be very friendly but all their puzzles tend to be really big um and there's a lot of them and i appreciated that to begin with but the other thing that it did very differently that and you end up needing it um pretty often is you essentially got superpowers or you know power ups where um you would be able to you know blow up a part of the puzzle that would reveal certain pieces and you as you play there's a, on a timer when these things would be available um, so there's a cooldown but if you wait long enough they generally do come back but it it added something nice to the mix um, and it changed your overall strategy Um, because you didn't have to try to figure it all out on your own. None of them would reveal too much, I wouldn't say. Um, all of them had relatively tight utility. I think there's four different power-ups. Um, but it really, it just gave the the flow of figuring out the puzzles, um, a different layer of strategy that I appreciated, and it was smart, and, you know, I I like the fact that they were trying to do something different, um... So if you're a big Picross fan, it's worth a look. Um, I, I I like the way that those those games are built. I think they're all the same. Um, they they just all have more puzzles. Um, so, but it's a really, you know, it's 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 not the most. It looks very casual market um, slash mobile game conversion. You know, there's just a a look to the um animated family that 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 you have for the game it just it it might be hard it might be hard to have faith in it because it does look like a it does look like a mass market uh in mind made game that uh is trying to look I don't know trying to look family friendly in a way that feels like a over a decade ago kind of thing it has a it has an odd look but um, but very much worth playing and worth checking out if you love Picaros. because uh, it does it's it does things a bit differently. Um, for 2020, my choice, um, and I I I've probably mentioned it, but I don't think I've gone on about it um longer, is um One Finger Death Punch 2. There is something wonderful about a game that. On paper, and on paper, it's so simple, and in a way, it doesn't feel like it should be necessarily heralded because it is so simple. Um, you're really just having to tap a button in either direction in order to fight oncoming a bunch of oncoming enemies. You know, you're you're uh-huh. sort of a stick, you're sort of a stick figure almost, and you have different enemies coming from both sides, and you just need to have good timing to you know hit the attack in the right zone when they're in the right space, otherwise you'll miss. Um and so it's it's a very basic premise. Um and yet they did so much with it. Um, you know, both aesthetically because you get different weapons as you go, uh that can be a lot of fun, including lightsabers and um, you know, uh like sledgehammers and and katana and you, you end up getting these these fun weapons that have different attack, you know animations that are fun. Um, but it just when you the further you get, the more intense and crazy it gets because you get different types of enemies that have different sequences that you have to use to, to defeat them. Um, you get ones that are shooting shooting things like arrows at you that you may uh, grab and shoot back or you might um, just dodge them and then those arrows will take somebody else out. Um, But it's a very, like, it's a very crazy kind of uh, kung fu movie kind of action to it all. Um, And, you know, you get some ridiculousness. um, Like, randomly, you'll just start, uh, you know, you'll get on a tear, and, you know, it almost looks like, (laughs) it looks like, you know, God's, are making your attacks for you with you know the way it looks. Um, it's you'd have to see it. It's it's just it's really kind of crazier. Sometimes you'll rip somebody's heart out, or lasers will shoot out of your eyes. Um, so it, it keeps things it keeps things pretty interesting with that. Um, but as simple as it looks, and as easy as you'd think it is, um, once it gets going and you have enemies coming at you from both sides at a pretty good clip and you have to be accurate like it really keeps it continues to tell you that you you can't button mash and really you can't um it, it's the expectation is that you're going to tap precisely because if you overtap you're going to you're going to miss and if you aren't keeping track of you know okay this one I have to this person I have to uh do left and then right and then I have to do two lefts and then I'm going to have to you know do three in a row that are just one hits, and then I'm gonna have to do two in a row that are you know toward toward so you end up having you end up having these sequences and you end up sort of doing the math in advance you see stuff coming and you have to be keeping mental track of what's coming so that you very precisely do your attacks um, so it's challenging in a way that's unexpected and the animations um in some cases made me laugh or just it's just so over the top with its uh, with its style. And it's just, nothing feels quite like it. Um, it's a unique, very unique beat-em-up that it just stands alone. So I appreciate I appreciate games that you know take their own path. And I wish, I was going to say, I would say that it plays really well on mobile as well uh, because it's simple, but there's a bug in, so don't get it on mobile because um, there's a bug that I don't think after it's been out there and known the bug is known um it's never been fixed to my knowledge on android at least um it's like when you're in the third zone or something you'll just get to the point where <clears throat> it'll just keep going like it, it just it's it's busted which is really a shame because it plays really well on mobile as well and i was thrilled when i saw it but uh very disappointed when like i said way too early in the game there's a bug that just it it ruins it um, so on Switch, it doesn't have that bug, so <laughs> so definitely get it on Switch. Um, then for last year, 2021, um, my choice uh, it's a game called The Wild at Heart. I think I've talked about it a few times, uh, though I think that was on Talk Nintendo podcast where I talked about it. But it's a um, sort of story-wise, it is sort of a coming of age thing, um, but it's really it's really a Pikmin adventure. Um, it it has Pikmin-like elements for the puzzle solving and for you know the figuring out how to get past obstacles. Um, there's definitely a Pikmin vibe to it, but it's it's very much an adventure um, where you're talking to people. So it you know a diff- very different vibe from Pikmin um, and more Pikmin-like than say Tiny Ken, which just came out, which really is more of a 3D platformer first um, and a Pikmin game second, but there's just something about the wild at heart that charmed me, and it just felt, it felt like a very, like I said, the mix of the story, and just the the flow of it. <clears throat> sorry, um, I just I, it really stood out um, in a year of games that you know were really good for a variety of reasons. It just for whatever reason, it really captured me and and i mean i enjoy the pikmin series um and uh the silliness of of it and it just it felt it felt like a smart way of reusing uh, a concept i hadn't really seen anybody go that route to you know make a pikmin like game but with a different sort of genre feel to it um with the way it works um so that i don't know that always has an appeal to me I, i like people Releveraging good ideas uh, in ways that feel very different, and just you know, the Wild Heart felt very different. Um, its story and its its flow, just just a very different kind of thing. And I I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a, a smart a smart and well made game. Um, and the, like I said, the story the story I thought was a was a good one. So there's my there's my list. Um, if there's one from this year that I think deserves um, accolades so far that I don't think got as much credit as it deserves. Um, So far, that would be Nobody Saves the World, Um, the latest game by Drinkbox, the people who had made the Guacamelee games. um, And I know I've mentioned Nobody Saves the World before, but it is one of those where it pains me that I think that people kind of appreciated it, but it feels like um, critically it was sort of a swing and a miss for a lot of people or it just didn't or it was okay but they just didn't uh tout it enough um i really consider that to be one of the best games that i've played on switch um there it's and i can see why people didn't connect with it in some ways because of it 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 is odd and um developing all the different forms that you can take uh, to the point that you can unlock all of them, uh, to unlock all the forms and unlock the dragon, uh, it takes, that takes quite a lot of work and you have to do quite a bit of, it's sort of grinding, but not, not really, um, but the fact that the quests a lot of the time were very smart, um, there are a couple examples of a special ability that seems pretty useless most of the time to use in combat, but it ends up being something essential in order for you to complete a quest, um there are quite a few dungeons that have requirements like that um but i just i like the idea of the different classes are all very weird you know there's some really strange ones that that play really well uh and and you know you you don't end up sort of sticking with the same form throughout the game very often or at least not for long um and you tend to switch out to have different uh, abilities even if you you know, like the, say you like the bodybuilder, or um, you like the mermaid, um, you, the fact that you can remix and give them abilities from other people, um, you can be pretty formidable. uh, But the way that the game is structured with the dungeons, that you're going to have to be able to cover, you know, X number of types of attacks. Um, So, you know, you, you can't just go in with what you prefer, you really need to Gear toward the dungeon and make the most of the abilities that you have. That that satisfy. You know, you need a, a poison. You need something that's going to deal with poison. You need something that's going to deal with, you know, sort of a brute force stomp kind of thing. I don't remember what, what um, I don't remember what type that was, but so you know, you could go with a, you could go with a class of character that that has as its base some of those attacks or you could end up taking something completely different that doesn't have any of those abilities that would counter those um concerns and load them up with abilities that do um so it gives you a great deal of versatility um and it's hard i mean it's legit challenging um plays great with co-op i enjoyed playing it with my wife for quite a while um that is a lot easier playing with somebody else because you can you can you don't have to try to make yourself a swiss army knife for more complicated dungeons you can each split up you know the the important abilities for attacks and you just need to then be sure that you know when you see that somebody needs to be hit with this specific type of ability that the right person goes attacks them first so they can wear down their uh resistance and then both of you can wail on them um but yeah, just a really smart design. It's quirky and funny. Um, it reminds me a lot of Guacamelee with with things like that that I enjoy about it. Um, but just pretty brilliantly set up and surprisingly <clears throat> surprisingly long. Um, I almost finished it on PC and then I almost finished it on Switch. I don't think I've actually finished it. Um, I don't think I ever got the time. And I'd probably finish it on PC because I got deeper in on PC um, where I'd unlocked the dragon and stuff like that. Um, and they have DLC that uh, free DLC that may have just, I don't remember if it just came out or if it's coming out. Um, so I'm, maybe I have a, enough of an excuse to go back to it. But anyway, so that was that was only question one. Um, <laughs> so moving on to the second question. Um, reactions to the latest Nintendo Direct. Um, I'll go through them most of it's gonna seem pretty depressing and me dismissing a lot of games um but for me the non indie the non indie oriented um directs it's always tough because it ends up being a lot of games that i i some of which I'm impressed by and some of which I would like um but just i've I've come to accept sort of the fate of Having so many um, indie games on my plate on a weekly basis that it makes it really hard to want to spend money to get a AAA game that I know that unless it's something that I'm going to play with my wife specifically or my kids, unless it's one of those that I'm going to play with them, um, it becomes really hard to want to invest because i know that i'm just not going to put the time into it even if i would finish it that i would finish it in a way that is rushed um so we'll, we'll go through the we'll go through the list of of the ones that uh, for whatever reason made an impression um like right off the bat with the new uh, fire emblem game fire emblem is not a franchise i ever got into um because of my time constraints i don't ever see getting into uh because by its nature it's a longer kind of game like xenoblade chronicles it's a huge rpg that is known for being you know incredibly long yeah i'm never going to pick it up there's no chance of me picking it up um (laughs) so they look impressive and perhaps i'd even enjoy them um uh strategy i tend to if i play strategy games i tend to really gravitate toward XCOM. I always find uh XCOM games really satisfying. I but tactical tactical games outside of something like XCOM I don't know. It's never they've never really been as much interest like I know people love the Advance Wars series and I did have a few of those uh when they were on Game Boy Advance I think I think it was Va- Advance Wars where I played it and I had a sequel one of the other ones. Um like, I don't mind them, and they were good. I I got, a, I got it because it was a... Um, I, at the time, I was taking my daughters to gymnastics practice on a regular basis, and I needed something that would, you know, occupy me. Um, so the, the, it worked well for that, but I wouldn't say it's a series that I'm, like, dying to, dying to go play. Um, if, I, if I had my druthers, especially now where I have so many options, um, that would be lower on my list that style of tactics game so yeah Fire Emblem eh. um I will say I would never get it but um Fitness Boxing Fist of the North Star uh, just that is the most whacked out funny strange like it, it's funny that it exists at all but the fact that Nintendo put it in there direct is just it, it makes my jaw dry I mean like it you you just end up thinking to yourself you know has anybody at Nintendo seen Fist of the North Star? Like <laughs> that movie is so incredibly violent. Like it's just so strange. Like that, I don't know. <laughs> that really amused me. You know, I spent years. I spent years in the Nintendo sixty four era and stuff, um, defending Nintendo's um, right to have the stance of you know no blood in Mortal Kombat. You know, I I didn't necessarily agree with their approach, but I could, I could you know, I could agree that they had a right to do it, and as long as they were willing to take the hit, uh, and they did for a long time, they took the hit for not being willing to compromise and to allow mature rated games and stuff, um, you yeah, know, that was their stance for, for so long, and it is very strange now to play some of the games <laughs> that have come to Switch that are so not classic Nintendo in any way, shape, or form, uh, very surprising to find on a nintendo system and yet you know that's good and people you know there's a, it's a big eShop. there are ratings on things for a reason um you know usually the really obvious games that are not appropriate for kids uh are easy to find and and to nintendo's credit they haven't completely given up or well they either haven't completely given up and allowed like some of the really really uh, crazy slash gross stuff that I've seen on steam. Um, it hasn't gotten to that point. So I, and I don't know if that's Nintendo filtering or if just those game makers have not tried to, you know, tried to bring those kinds of things to Nintendo or not. Um, but yeah, it it is the Fist of North Star thing. Just, <laughs> just the, that whole movie treated, treated people like just, you know, like, uh, hefty bags full of blood to just (laughs) erupt like at any point that that game that i mean that movie is so incredibly violent so yeah it was really strange to see that um tunic um theoretically i I would love to cover it um since i haven't gotten a code for it i maybe maybe i'll get late codes if they have a second round but it's the tough thing of these You know indie games that get a lot of press and get a lot of exposure. um, You get these outlets that don't normally cover indie games at all. um, You know, popping out of the woodwork to get to get the big game. Um, So I'm not holding my breath. Um, It's one of those that I would consider buying. It. It does look that promising. I've heard too many good things from too many people. um, Not to have an interest in it. Um, But then it puts it in that uh, what I consider difficult category. Uh, you know games that I've had before like that Celeste and Hollow Knight where I didn't I didn't get codes for it Um, I don't like not having them in the lists but I don't like I get it I get strange about I get strange about providing coverage for games that I wasn't given sort of putting my time into games that I wasn't given codes for when I have plenty of games where I was I get very conflicted about how to approach that it it's not an ego thing of you know how dare they not give me a code um, it it becomes a fairness to the ones that did um, you know me me taking the time to properly cover a game that I wasn't given a code for when I've got you know 10 15 games that are all waiting for me to put my attention into them i i get very like i said i I get a very heavy conflict of interest uh thing in there feeling um and i i so like in the case of celeste and hollow knight i bought them i played them enough to have an opinion on them but i never reviewed them and they're in the top list essentially with uh with a note saying that that they're there more on force of reputation than they are, um, based on me having a deep love for them. Um, cause I just, yeah, it, it, it is, a, it is a tough thing. It is a tough thing trying to balance, you know, what I consider my personal playing time, which is pretty limited. Um, and, and trying to be fair, to all the games that i get codes for even even the ones that aren't great you know they deserve me spending enough time with them to give them a fair shake so again like buying a a sure thing like buying celeste um obviously it's it's a well-regarded and it's a it's a good game um but buying it and then spending time to put it through the paces properly and review it it you know it, and give it exposure it, it doesn't need it thankfully so i don't feel that conflicted on that but um it just i i feel like i'm it's almost like cheating on the games that the the people that did send me codes that um that they deserve my attention first um so it's that's i'm i'm hoping i would somehow get a code for tunic it's going to be really awkward um having to go through that again where i'm going to buy it force of reputation and i'll probably end up listing it by force of reputation um in the genre list i usually won't put them in the yearly list because i don't i didn't really play it that way so i don't you know i sort of disqualify it i just for the genre lists not having hollow knight and celeste in particular felt like those things are just they're too popular too good and not acknowledging them luckily i got codes for things like dead cells and Hades, because again i would be in that boat of like Hades in particular, Hades is great to the point that, you know, it's possibly one of the best games on the system. So to, to try to have lists that don't acknowledge it would have been painful. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things. So yeah, Tunic would love to play it. Absolutely. Um, if I don't get a code for it, I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably buy it at some point. and and play it enough, but again, I I definitely have a hard time with those kinds of things. Uh, For Nintendo Online, the new um, N64 titles, um, very excited to see 1080 uh, snowboarding. I enjoyed that a lot, just like I enjoyed Wave Race. So now I've got two games from the N64 library that are trying to tempt me. Um, Some of the other games that they had, like GoldenEye, I never played that much multiplayer in it. I know that going back to that, the control scheme is going to have to be kind of janky. I can't imagine that they, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that they completely reinvented the way controls work for GoldenEye um, in order to maintain some some semblance of its original, because it's a, it's a great game. I loved it, but it is janky. Uh, it's certainly, and I have had to go back to the, uh, the uh, graveyard level with Nostalia, um failing to follow you and getting killed and like the, I remember that level being just so painful I just there were a couple spots like there were a couple stages like that but I I remember that stage in particular just wanting to <laughs> wanting to choke whoever wrote the uh pathfinding <laughs> pathfinding AI for Natalia because it was just so aggravating it was like that was the worst level um but the only i think the game <clears throat> the game that would put me over the top for n64 stuff and and make me get nintendo online uh the the expanded pass would be if they get blast core i'm 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 going to have to get it if they have blast blast core i i adore blast core um just i remember and I, and I reviewed it and I was finding codes for it. So the, it's a, it's an odd game where I shotgun through the entire thing. I think, um, it was when, I think that was when it was still N64 HQ that, uh, that era. Um, I would gotten it, I had bought it myself, but I was reviewing it anyway. Um, and, um, I shotgun through that whole game and unlocked everything in the first, I, I, it was over a weekend and I think it was by Sunday I'd unlocked, you know, the moon and all the extended planets, because I think, I think we were putting out there because we were updating on a weekend. Um, I think we were putting out there that, you know, that, that the moon and the, the planets were all out there, um, you know, before anybody else had had said anything about it. It was like, you know, this is, this is amazing. There's, there's so much to this, but, um, yeah, there's, um, those dump truck levels where you had to swerve those, tended to scare people off and and hold people up. But I I got a knack for that. And then, you know, when you started playing on the moon, I was already blown away with the moon levels and the fact that, you know, the gravity being different really affected how you played and it made it a lot more fun in a lot of ways. Um, But then after that, then to unlock all the planets, I was just like, jaw dropped. It was like, wow. Um, But yeah, love the mix of action and puzzles and destroying everything yeah uh blast uh so yeah nintendo if you're somehow for whatever strange reason listening on a whim um yeah get blast core on there and you'll you'll gain me as a extended extended uh pack uh subscriber I, I know you're very worried about that so get right on that um then uh pikmin 4 um as i said before have a great deal of love for pikmin um uh, it's a great series plays really well odds of me buying it pretty much none because um, <laughs> yeah um and then legend is zelda whether it's tears of the kingdom or tears of the kingdom um that'll be interesting i'm interested to see if they make it tears um or if they're going for the sort of the you know the double the double meaning um i am very interested to see it and to hear the lore um breath of wild is definitely one of the best games i've ever played uh, but for all the same reasons with conflict, uh, with, with something even at the scale of Tunic, Legend of is even bigger, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll take the plunge, cause I, I would feel like I was wasting money, um, that it's a game that I'm, I'm not gonna put the time into it or the care into playing it that I could, and it's gonna just draw my attention away from... All the games I'm given codes for that are expecting me to, you know, there's a fair expectation that I'm going to put the time into it um, to understand the game and to be fair to it. So, yeah, creating a conflict of interest for myself never feels very fair. So, uh, the perils of of reviewing tons and tons and tons of games. Um, it, it sounds it sounds great, but it does make you a bit jaded, and it makes it makes every moment that you're playing games. makes you think about what you're playing and why you're playing it and whether or not you should be playing something else it's 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 different um all right and then david's final final question was has there ever been a game that you were otherwise enjoying you quit deep deep into the game due to a difficulty spike that left you too frustrated to continue um well first with a lot of the indie games i don't tend to finish them um i do finish a proportion of them but um it tends to be ones that really have some some appeal to some appeal that's different um that, that feels different so i'm i'm compelled to finish them um so me finishing games in general there's a lot of reasons i quit them but not always because they're hard um so i have two examples of a game of games that i've played over time that that sort of fall into this category um for different reasons and different outcomes uh the first one's goner um goner is a really hard game to start um it's frustrating to begin with um, until you get until you get more of the heads and until you get more of the backpacks and until you get more of the weapons. Um, Goner can be a really aggravatingly difficult game. But, like, once... Oh, man, if you get the scythe and the uh, shark fin and then mix it with the head that gives you um, an extra hit, uh, uh, you can do some real damage. And, and the fun of Goner is is getting a ridiculous chain of of kills and the the whole game just starts going berserk like there, there's something so cool about that like it goes to black and white and the music continues to get faster and more intense um but um that's it a game i've never finished i've got i've faced the final boss a couple you know more than a couple times um never have been able to beat it um, it's one of those tough things that getting to the boss is already painful enough, um, and it's not something I, I was able to do just you know at will or consistently. And then it was one of those things that you'd debate, okay, well, maybe the problem is that you know while this combination of of backpack uh, head and weapon did really well to get me to the last boss, maybe it's not the ideal equipment to be fighting the last boss. Um, so, and i I never you know i never looked up people's you know giving you clues of saying oh you know the the best builds this i never looked any of that up because i I just wanted to i wanted to beat it pure kind of thing um and maybe sometime i'll get back into it um again to give it a shot but uh, i haven't for quite a while um the other game and this is a game that predated the switch i was playing it on pc and and never had beaten it um and then played it quite a bit on switch and hadn't beaten it um nuclear throne um love that game um tough tough as hell roguelike shooter um i consider it's it's that one where i consider it better than um enter the gungeon and i consider that a big roguelike shooter like distinction of you know are you an enter the gungeon person are you a nuclear throne person and maybe there's another one in that mix too but there definitely seem to be Two different tastes and opinions between those two particular games. But, um, I had never beaten Nuclear Throne, and, um, I actually sort of accidentally beat it, like in a sense that I was just in a tear where I was, um, in my free downtime, um, just as my, you know, blow off every, you know, mentally just get so in the zone on a game and just play it. Like I was playing Nuclear Throne heavily, and, um, just i got on to this tear and i'd gotten close i would got into the throne room and i'd never i would died so quickly usually i didn't really even know what was going on but um got to the got to the throne and was just on and and had the right had the right build had the right combination of stuff and stuck in there and beat the game and it was just i was like it's so cool when you suddenly after you've been playing it so long and something like a roguelike where it's just, you know, just disappointment after disappointment, getting your ass handed to you over and over and over again. And then to beat it was just, and like I said, it was sort of unexpected. I wasn't, I wasn't focused on winning. I was just focused on enjoying myself and to end up, you know, getting to the end and, and winning, uh, or defeating the throne was, was a big, that was a big plus. So yeah, goner. Yeah. I need to get back to it. um, but thank you to david for the questions for this week um gave me something to ramble about for a while um just as a note i'm out of questions so there may not be ever a talking indies uh episode eight i know that may actually make a lot of you happy but for the ones that don't uh for the ones that want more uh for whatever strange reason um i need more questions so um Thank you for everybody who's listening to this point. Thank you, David. Um, and thank you to the people who've contributed to this point. Um, but if you'd like to hear more, uh, be sure to send me questions to um, Justin at... Well, you can do either do Justin at Nindy Spotlight, or I think I actually set up an alias for talking Nindies, but maybe the spelling will throw people off. So just make it Justin at, at uh, NindySpotlight.com. It'll be easier. But um, thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll... Catch you next time. Thank you.